0: This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Da,
1: da, 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 da. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are live entertainment. Here on the world, we see the world. The sharks spit blood, spray. None of the Robins ever complained.
0: Titans <laughs> go, Booster!
1: You're going to melt just me. like a rare cheese opportunity. sandwich. And show you just how powerful my remote has. Always always smallness like and escape recite, my sight, let those who worse people where my power green lantern fly. But let the universe howl in despair for I have returned.
2: We have no more use for this
1: one. Kill him.
3: Hi everyone, and welcome to Across the Airways DC Nation section. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews, uh cartoon networks, popular Saturday morning programming block entitled DC Nation, which currently features episodes of Green Lantern the Animated Series and Young Justice, as well as various DC Comics animated shorts. I'm, of course, Dan Schmitz, your host, and with me is a guy who really enjoys doing an impression of Thor, the most infamous member of our Across the Airwaves Corps, ATA Smallville Retro Reviews, very own... Hello everyone, it's Michael J. Petty. And what are we covering on this exciting episode of DC Nation this week,
1: Michael? This week on DC Nation, we will be covering the Green Lantern episode, Reckoning. We will also be covering three new DC Nation shorts, including a DC Nation Mythbuster, a Mad Presents, and a DC World Funniest. Along with that, we will also be covering the Young Justice episode, Unusual Suspects, and the second part of the Smallville Season 11 story arc entitled Guardian.
3: Very nice, very nice. Well, let's get things started with a great Green Lantern the Animated Series episode that picked up on the big overarching Red Lantern plotline entitled Reckoning.
1: Razor decides to confront his former master and seeks out Atrocitus on the Red Lantern's homeworld of Shard.
3: This week's Green Lantern started off with Hal and his crew scouting out the Red Lantern homeworld of Shard. With the always pessimistic Razor making the argument that they need to go ahead and attack Atrocitus. Because it's the only way they stand a chance against them. However, after being shut down on this notion by Hal. Kilowog and Aya, along with discovering that his rig is running out of power, Razor takes things into his own hands by going to Shard alone. And on that note, since it's pretty much been confirmed that they have feelings for each other, Aya, who is technically the ship, notices Razor leave for Shard, and she tries to talk him out of it, thinking that it's a suicide mission. Unfortunately, instead of recognizing the fact that someone even if it's an artificial intelligence, cares about him, Razor causes an explosion to happen on the ship, distracting Aya just long enough to leave. And with that, Michael, I kind of want to ask you, what did you think of Razor's course of action with going to Shard, even though it was somewhat of a suicide mission, and just Aya's whole reaction to the whole thing, and how she tried to kind of help him out and convince him to stay behind?
0: Almost like a love interest would. Well, I mean, it made sense from Razor's character standpoint that he decided to go back on his own. Because not only was he going to hurt or kill or whatever to Astrocitus, he also needed charge, and he didn't want his other... his fellow lanterns, I guess you would say, to think of him as weak because he didn't have it, in my opinion. Okay. Um... On his relationship with Aya, again, it makes sense for me And I really like it. So I think it was put in there as a nod to us who have been been rooting for it. And I think it's going to eventually commence soon. So I think this is just another step. Well, can I ask why you like it? I like it because it's something we really... I hate when people say this because they say it's something we've never really seen in the comics. Well, I'm sure somewhere it has. But this is something we haven't really seen in the Green Lantern comics. Yeah. And mainly because, one, it's a Red Lantern attempting to be a hero, which is something we haven't seen in... Right. ...as of yet. And two, it's an artificial intelligence who isn't technically a Green Lantern, but has the powers of a Green Lantern. And they're kind of in love. It's a lot like what you have been referring to as the Scarlet Witch and the Vision relationship from the Avengers comics.
3: Yeah. So, I mean,
0: we have... Go ahead.
3: Oh, I just said, I think that idea of a forbidden love is kind of enticing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's odd that they're together or that there's that pairing. hmm And I think that idea that it's different and they don't necessarily go together is it, I don't want to say go together, but that they're different species, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, not even species. That kind of sounds gross. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to describe this here. They're different. Yes, the fact that they're different entities is
0: interesting. Mm -hmm. And at the core of it, they're on different sides. It's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet sort of thing. I mean, obviously not as extreme, but that's kind of what they're going for.
3: Right, and in essence, almost when Io went into the computer program to talk to Razor on that prison planet, it was almost like she took on the embodiment of his wife. Or like almost her personality was downloaded into her.
0: Yeah. I can go with that. Which is why I
3: think she sympathizes with him and acts as a voice of reason. Mm -hmm. Especially later on in the episode when Razor tells Atrocitus I should have listened to her. And ultimately, Aya in the end gives him the same option. And it takes him some convincing, but he does it again. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit, but I thought that plays into it nicely where There is a human aspect to it because, you know, she may be the same type of person as his wife or have her personality.
0: Well, I think what you were saying about her kind of taking on that personality because of his memories, I think that could be spot on. I mean, she is an artificial intelligence, which means she has the capability to learn. And if she learned what he wanted, she could become that. It'd be easier because she's a computer program and not a person. Right. And this is making her more like a person. This, the body, it's all progressing.
3: Yeah, it makes it less weird. Mm-hmm. And and that might be the ultimate goal or the end goal for Aya is that she wants to become human. Mm-hmm. Or becomes human. I mean, it is possible with this universe and what exists within the DC realm that she could do that, mm-hmm. essentially. Absolutely. I don't know, would the Guardians be capable of doing something like that?
0: Um, You know, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I think the Star Sapphires have more of a chance to do that. Interesting. For two reasons. One, because when a Star Sapphire becomes a Star Sapphire, they're kind of transformed. They kind of go through this sort of hibernation sort of state, you know? Yeah. And because of that, and because of her love, or growing love for Razor, it's definitely possible.
3: It's hmm. an interesting point. So,
0: I don't know, yeah. but maybe.
3: Well, kind of going back to the distraction I mentioned that Razor caused, what was really cool about this was how Hal saw through Razor's plan right away. You know, mm-hmm. he, he knew that the Red Lantern, as in Razor, turned over just enough of a new leaf to make it worth the crew going after him. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of knew what Aya did going outside the ship and stuff like that. Yeah. Not a lot gets past him. No. So that was cool. And again, another moment where they know how to write the classic Al Jordan. Mm-hmm. So did you have anything else with that with Al or?
0: Um, no, not at this point. I, Besides the fact that I know him and Kilowog aren't really up for her necessarily becoming a Green Lantern. Yeah. Because she's a computer program, so it's hard for her to have strong will. I mean, the only reason she can use the powers is because of her robotic body, but... You know. Yeah. Other than that, no.
3: Okay. Well, catching up with Razor, his arrival on Shard was met with us getting to see... Animated versions of the more prominent Red Lanterns features in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, the girl with the bat wings, whose origin story was told at some point during or before Blackest Night, and then there's that yeah, man believes. wolf looking guy, yeah. Yep. In some of those characters. So that was cool to see those people, and they brought them over. Yes. Yeah. Also, we got this really impressive animated sequence of Razor re- recharging his rig. And, uh, with a
1: modified oath.
3: Right, yes. A less violent oath.
0: I have it if you want.
3: It was cool, the fire that came out of it. Yes. The lantern. That was really cool animated fire. Yes. Um, they used kind of a different technique with it than the rest of the CGI, which was really neat. Mm. And we also got a really extremely chilling moment where Atrocitus got to bask in all his villainy. As Razor's attempt to stab Atrocitus in the back literally was met with Atrocitus revealing that he only made it appear, Razor charged his rig to see that his true intention was to help the Green Lanterns.
0: Which is something we have seen before in the Green Lantern mo- or in universe, like in the movie. Right. When Hal does that with Hector Hammond. And obviously we've seen it other times too.
3: Right. Well, I, what I thought was cool with this was how Atrocitus had that connection to the battery to see someone's true intention. Mm-hmm. That was very cool.
0: Yes. And, and again, go ahead. Go. No. no, no, no. And I
3: was going to say, and what you were talking about with, you know, people thinking that they charge the ring. But we've only seen that done with the ring, not with a lantern. Yeah. So that was interesting, too. That's
0: true. Yeah, well, that's kind of what Sinestro is doing with Hal in the current comic. Even. Yeah, with the fake ring that he gave him. Yeah, exactly. Which is still kind of odd, but oh well. Yeah, I'll go with it. Um, yeah, and then the Red Lantern Oath was modified. The original is, uh, "With blood and rage of crimson red, ripped from a corpse so freshly dead, together with our hellish hate, we'll burn you all. That is your fate." That's the original, and they modified it a little bit, the middle two lines for the show to make it more appealing to kids, which why it's appealing at all, I don't know, but... And it goes... to
3: appease the censors.
0: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> with blood and rage of crimson red, we fill men's souls with darkest dread and twist your minds to pain and hate, we'll burn you all,
2: that
3: is your fate. Nice job, cross between... Razer and Thor thank you, yeah, there was like somewhat of your Thor voice and Thor in Thor liketh
0: to make impressions of villains, oh gosh <laughs> Thor is back
3: cool, we're talking about Green Lantern,
0: then Thor would leave, so Thor, Thor doesn't does like the green Lantern.
3: and if you're wondering why Michael's doing a Thor voice, we just did a commentary on Thor, so check out. Road to the Avengers Thor commentary on our website.
1: Pick up the hammer and smash the floor and never get tired.
3: And it also features that song, which is awesome.
0: It actually does not. I haven't oh, put it in. I was going to, and then I didn't. I did the Foo Fighters song at the end and got of Thunder at the beginning, so.
3: Okay, that works. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. So. Atrocitus, mean, nasty guy. Still same villain.
0: Yes. I think... It is, it is correct.
3: We'll catch up with the Green Lanterns now. That's alright yeah. with you. It's and fine. they basically arrived on Shard by pulling the old Millennium Falcon pressed up against an asteroid technique. And Surely. from there, Michael got creeped out again. Mm-hmm. Yes, Io went all creepy spider-like.
1: And
3: even spider legs came out of her head this time,
1: which Ugh. is just kind of weird. That was weird. <laughs>
3: okay, so she waited, she created a distraction, and if she wants to be human to hook up with Razor, stop the spider creepy-like stop, up. Just a yeah. suggestion.
0: Because you can't be human and be spiders. Yeah. Because it's just creep.
3: So she does this creepiness, and Hal and Kilowog disguise themselves as guards, while Hal does. Kilowog doesn't really...
0: (laughs) Kilowog can't get it on. (laughs)
3: You can't get the helmet on. You can't fit. It's just a mess. It doesn't work. They had kind of a klutz factor with Kilowog this week, which I don't know what to think about that. (laughs) It was funny. It was more like the thing than Kilowog, but okay.
0: They're like the same character, pretty much.
3: Yeah, kind of. So I like Kellogg better for some reason. I don't know why.
0: See, and I like the thing better for some reason.
3: Okay, well. Anyhow. While hell was this... Oh, boy. How come I have a feeling... Ooh, we're
1: getting a little loopy.
3: Yes, we are.
1: <laughs> we're already losing I'm it. I'm
3: ready for you to start saying, like, it's in time, and we have a big Kellogg Fang Throwdown. Go over which characters better.
0: Well, we could, or we could move on.
3: True. And while disguised as a guard, and I think Michael liked this part because you always enjoy backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, Hal meets a Red Lantern shaman. To, through mm-hmm. this, I thought really creative sequence, utilizing beautiful CGI drawings of stained glass windows. Yeah. They kind of gave a variation on the reasoning behind why Atrocitus and the Red Lanterns hate the Guardians in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And with the animated series, good, Michael, you either you either probably love it or hate it, the animated series, based on probably censors, said that the Manhunters only terrorized Atrocitus' people instead of eradicating them like they said in the comics.
0: Which makes more sense to eradicate them because then why would you be on Shard and not Yisinult?
3: True. That does make a good point. But again, I think like the Oath, they just couldn't do that.
1: <sighs> well, you could. S- well, they killed those other
0: Green Lanterns off screen.
3: True. Sometimes, like the amount of people they have an issue with sometimes.
0: That's weird. I know it is. Me.
3: That I have heard the rules on that stuff are really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in listening to commentary on Batman the Animated Series done by Bruce Timm, who's heavily involved in this show, there's weird things that they have issues with. Why? I don't know. But it's amazing what you can get away with when it comes to robots.
1: Well, right. So why... But never mind.
3: I'm I think off-screen is fine.
1: Well, then why couldn't they have just said that then? Yeah. That's what I don't get.
3: I mean, it was kind of implied that they killed everybody. I mean, wasn't there a shot of a a Manhunter with their, like, hand around some alien's neck?
0: I think so. And then there was I mean, the whole thing of him being one of the five, uh, oh, what are they called? What are they called? What are you talking about? They said that Atrocitus was one of the five, and I forget what they're called.
3: Oh, what called, what his um, race was? The the are you talking about the no, five survivors? Well, the five what? Wasn't there like five survivors from? Yeah, his and, plan they called and he killed something. them
0: all. The five inversions.
3: The fi- yeah, okay.
0: They called the atrocitus in this episode one of the five inversions. So maybe that means they were all killed. I don't know.
3: Or are they referring Maybe they to just him
0: said as one of sensor.
3: like the main figures within the spectrum of light?
0: No, because they said one of the five um, inversions. Okay. An inversion isn't a... Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: Well, you know what I'm saying.
3: Yes. I hope our lesser so. knowledgeable Green Lantern audience knows what the heck we're talking about. But I guess the inversions will be explained as time goes on with this show. So, most likely, things that we're explaining that you don't know about yet are probably going to become a part of the show at some point. So if you don't know now, yes. don't feel bad. They'll explain it to you at some point. Again, what I'm saying is, if you don't want to be spoiled, you might not want to look some of this stuff up. Just take our word for it. Yeah. But again, most Pretty people, much. I think, have the general idea of what all these things are.
0: Yes. Well, people who listen to us on anime anyway, probably yes. do. Yes.
3: And if you need some kind of idea, we've got the ACC feed just for you guys. Mm-hmm. But going back to this story on this animated series, which everyone should know about because I don't know why you would be listening to this if you haven't watched the show.
0: Exactly.
3: Uh, Killawag and Razor almost faced their own brand of eradication because they were brought before Atrocitus to be executed. But thanks to Hale's disguise, got a well-timed distraction from Aya, they were able to save their fellow crew members. And I thought that was cool. The fake-out was nice. Nice reveal, nice beat-down. Mm-hmm. Again, yes. we knew Hale was going to save him the whole time when he pretty much brought Kelowog to the Tracidus. But yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. The steam was a nice yes. addition.
0: Yes, it was.
3: Taking the out. It's kind of an old trick, but it works. True, true. And obviously this is where the action starts. When a greatly outnumbered Hal, Kilowog, and Razor race to escape Shard in that footage that we saw at WonderCon.
0: Yes, that was fun.
3: Yes, and this led to another kick-butt moment from my man Kilowog as he got loaded on a bunch of Red Lanterns with a construct of a chain gun. Which is a pretty violent mm-hmm. weapon. So, if they could show that on mm-hmm. TV, why can't they explain eradication? Right? True. Yeah, I mean, chain gun saying eradication happened off screen. Chain gun sounds more violent. Mm hmm. Although, my moment of joy at seeing Kilowog tear up the bad guys was short lived. Because I watched in horror as he took a serious beating. From the Red Lantern that I thought looked like a cross between Man-Wolf from the Spider-Man comics and Wildebeest from Teen Titans. But uh, thankfully, Hal swooped in. I was going to say, thankfully, Hal swooped in to save the day with a nice big brass knuckles to the guy. That was pretty cool. And were you going to say something about the Man-Wolf-Wildebeest guy?
0: No, I was just going to say, that's what it looked like. (laughs) That's exactly what it looked like.
3: It said he was orange.
0: Yeah. Well, kind of.
1: uh, yeah.
3: And he had to be a pretty big monster to beat up on Kellogg like he did.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he threw him through five buildings.
3: Yes, that had to hurt. Uh yeah. Kellogg took it. It was pretty awesome. But again, to yeah. injure him, you have this to throw him through five buildings.
0: This is correct.
3: Yeah. This is correct. Well, Kellogg wasn't the only one who took the worst beating in this episode going along with that statement I made about robots. As downloading information about the Red Lanterns, Master Plan, Catatrocitus appear right behind her, which probably freaked Michael out. Yes. It kind of reminded me of the concept of Jared Harris's villain on Fringe, David Robert Jones, popping up in the bathroom to kidnap the main character. Oh. It was kind of freaky like that.
0: No, I am Mojarty, and I am back. Yeah.
3: Thank freaky. God he doesn't voice Atrocitus. Because that would be frightening.
0: No yeah. kidding.
1: There's no your voice of Sinestro. Oh my lord. Oh but no. Please no.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty scary. Well yes, anyway so is? Atrocitus is kinda of freaky in this scene. And a little, I don't know, degrading to women somewhat. As he tore basically Aya the poor robot girl as I described her in this mm. part of the script, apart. I mean, he ripped her yes. arm and leg off and other parts was of her body. Of it, was, it was savage. It, it was. was. Like, it was like, whoa. Can we, could you just terrible. like cut her off or I don't know, put her in a stasis field you or think. something? I don't know. Like, geez, That was crazy. And again, Michael, kind of annoyed me like last week. Cause it you know it made her the damsel of distress character again mm-hmm. for the second week in the row and really with animated shows like this once they start doing this a la scooby-doo they seem to not be able Scooby to stop.
2: Where
1: are you got somewhere work to do now
3: so yeah I don't know any more thoughts on that one
1: just mm, no
0: yeah i mean you really sum it up pretty well
3: yeah it's kind of annoying
0: yeah that's like yeah i mean if
3: so. if i was because i don't know how many female green lantern fans are out there but i mean if i were them i'd kind of be a little frazzled about this
1: well don't
0: say that on the podcast because if you say that they're gonna get upset and then we're gonna well, it's get not upset.
3: us we agree with them She's kind of treated badly.
2: Well, yes, but sh-
3: yeah. Well, and and it also made me think of what your sister said about wouldn't well, it hurt if she changed into a robot body?
0: Yeah, she could get hurt, so it's dumb. Yeah. No, you're you're right.
3: This is kind of okay. her example.
0: Yeah, but no. Where are we going next?
3: Well, I was saying, on the other hand, Atrocitus... I said taking Aya hostage. I don't know if it really was taking her hostage.
0: It was more like beating her to a bloody pulp and...
3: Yeah, maybe her, I guess. Uh,
0: It was...
3: Well, it was acceptable to the point that it did lead to that awesome no-holds-bar one-on-one brawl between Razor and Atrocitus. The first of many one-on-one, no-holds-bar fights that happened mm-hmm. in this edition of DC Nation. And we got this, I mean, it was awesome between Razor and Atrocitus. I mean, really well done, really well animated. God, I love that he defeated him using probably what I could describe as the closest that this animated series can come to the fiery blood that Red Lanterns are able to spew out of their mouth in the comics.
0: Yeah. That well, it was came awesome. right out of his mouth.
3: Yes. Again, it didn't look so, like I mean, blood, or it more looked like fire, but it was pretty cool.
0: Well, maybe you get cool, excited. Like, it looked a little bit like the fire blood in the comic. Yes. Because the way they draw the blood coming out of the mouth and the way they draw regular blood in the comic are different, and it looked similar to the Red Lantern mouth thing.
3: Well, it was cool that so. we got to see it because we didn't think we would. Yes. So, that was pretty awesome. Again, I kind of touched on this before when we were talking about his love story with Aya, but we did get two major developments for Razor's character, I thought, with this fight. And the first was Razor winning Tail's trust by using the Green Lantern's own advice on him. Mm-hmm. And it's something about knowing when not to fight or something like that. And yes. we got that great moment where Hal says, okay, go, go save her, go save Aya. But don't make me regret it. That was awesome. And Hell almost unfortunately regretted it if it wasn't for IO. (laughs) And second, I mean we had the floodgates were basically open on Razor's trance at redemption because Atrocitus revealing that he caused the war on Razor's Planet and killed his wife to make him a red lantern. Somewhat makes him an innocent victim who was manipulated into doing evil. So we're pretty much assured that he's not all bad. And we see how he can become a Green Lantern by him not being afraid to seek out this redemption that he's capable of. Which I I think Aya will help him find.
0: Yes, I I think so too. But um, going off of that, I don't think Razor was necessarily wrong to want to kill Atrocitus.
3: No, I don't think so either.
0: I mean, obviously, he should have probably been taken to a court or something, like the Guardians, I guess, which I don't know why they didn't do, but you know what I'm saying, and then dealt with from there, but I don't think he was necessarily wrong doing what he did. Yeah, and and
3: I think this more came down to an idea that it was, he's got to get Aya out of there, Mm -hmm. and she was in danger. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think there's going to be other times where he's going to be tempted to kill Atrocitus. It's just mm-hmm. that time I think his feelings for her made him do what he did. Correct. But again, I can go with that. He's kind of a long ways away for him totally having romantic feelings for him, for I I mean for her, for Aya, or even finding redemption because she, you know, Aya did have to plea with Razor not once but twice to save her life and get her out of there.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know.
3: So he's not all there. He's not all past the anger and past all of that.
0: Well, that's true, yeah.
3: And it almost seemed like it was establishing that he's got to overcome that anger before he could truly be with her. Mm-hmm. And I think even though she's an artificial intelligence, she gets that too.
0: Yeah,
3: and it's crazy that we're talking about this deep of a romance. Got a kid's cartoon show, but that's Bruce Timm. No, Tim for no, you. It's, it's not. <laughs> that's Bruce Timm's show. He likes advanced, complex relationships. Yes. Got kids shows.
0: That is definitely true.
3: Hot girl, Green Lantern. Anyone?
0: <laughs> that's know. a good one.
3: It is a very good one, but it's very very complicated.
0: Especially in season two of Justice League Unlimited. Oh my gosh. <laughs> With that half set and reincarnation crap, they should have just left it alone.
3: Talk about a bite fart.
0: Mm hmm. No okay. kidding. Oh
3: my god. Let's not go down
0: be- that slippery slope. Yeah, But before we move any further, I have to read something to you. Uh oh. And for the last few weeks, we've been getting comments on our DC Nation section by Jason A. Okay, Jason A. Andorfer,
3: yes, who's emailed us? Well, what's by time?
0: Yeah, well, I'm not gonna pronounce his last name because under the comments, it's just Jason A. So okay, yes, we'll just go with that. But anyway, he's been commenting under our last few um, episodes, and on our recent one, week five. He's, well, technically this is week seven, but for us it's recent. He says, nice podcast, just saw the new episode and loved it. Can't believe the ending. Did not see that coming at that scale. And he's, yes, talking about Green Lantern. And I feel like Kyle will be introduced in the Green Lantern series. And he has a way out theory about the writers going into the Blackest Night story in later season two. That's where he thinks it's going, so... It would make sense. See, and I would enjoy it, but that would make sense more for an animated movie than a kid's TV show, because it's all all, the whole death and zombie thing. Would they really do that on the TV show?
3: I don't know how you you would play it.
0: Like, I I don't either, uh, because explaining Necron and all that, that would, I don't know. I
3: I think there's adaptations you're going to have to make to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're doing already adaptations to some of the Red Lantern arc right now.
1: But that's
0: easier to do.
3: Right, I know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's Bruce, Timm, and I have faith in these guys and what they're going to do to adapt things. mm mm-hmm. Um. I think what they'll probably do with Blackest Night is it'll be former Green Lanterns. Oh. Coming back. And I don't know if they're going to make them, like, zombies per se but they're just going to be brought back from the dead. Okay. And they're not going to call them zombies and there's not going to be the like, oh, I killed them and then they're back from the dead kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be more like they're ghosts, they've come back from the past kind of deal. Because, I mean, you have to have the concept of the Guardians paying for the mistakes That they made. Yes. And the lantern's inheriting this mess. Correct. And so that's where I think you could pull off this Blackest Night thing. Okay. The other thing is you might do an episode where a character dies.
0: Yeah, you could do that Like Shair
3: Rev already died. And could you see Shair Rev come back to haunt Razor? Yeah. That would be interesting. Razor's wife coming back.
0: Oh,
3: and then you have the whole thing with Kellogg's planet.
0: If yes, they do that,
3: well, I mean, they could bring the planet back like they did with John Stewart and that planet in the Blackest Night. True. I mean, there's a lot of things they could do to tweak it and play it around. I mean, they're going to have to sit down and talk about it.
0: <laughs> no kidding.
3: I, I think they'll figure it out. And also, you are kind of collecting characters from the different colors of light so far. Because we have seen St. Walker. He's already been established. We have a Red Lantern in the crew already. Mm-hmm. I would say is going to be a season 2 thing. Yeah. And we're going to see a Star Sapphire. So you have all the colors covered. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're onto something.
3: But right now, I mean, what I've said, just ending up my notes here, was that when Razor gets back to the ship safely, Aya reveals to Hal and Kilowog that Atrocitus has this whole battalion of warships headed towards probably Oa. It might be Earth because sometimes Green Lantern bad guys have a tendency to go after Earth just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. Or that they're really angry at Hal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why Earth always gets wrapped up on this mess, but that's just how it works. And I think what we're going to get is the Atrocitus Corpse War instead of the Sinestro Corpse War, Those the comic books.
0: See, that'd be be pretty cool.
3: Because, I mean, why would you do, like, it twice? Like, you have Atrocitus Invade Oa, and then you have Sinestro Invade Oa? Like, that seems kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you're gonna they're gonna do their own thing with Sinestro, hmm. and I don't know why they didn't just use him from the beginning. I mean, is it is it a movie deal?
1: It's pro it's
0: the Bat embargo, but the Lantern embargo. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, we don't even know
3: if they're gonna make that movie.
0: I think they're working on oh GLT. I, yeah, but uh, I th- probably. But I also heard in an interview with Bruce Tim, they don't, they didn't want it to be, they wanted to make it different. They wanted to introduce people to other things before going right into Sinestro. They wanted to give Hal some time.
3: That's probably a good idea.
0: And that's what Bruce Tim had said. So,
3: well, they like to make everything their own.
0: Yeah. Which well, is well what... I mean, and they did that with Batman the animated series too. They did it with all the shows. The first ep- Well, yeah. But like the first episode doesn't even feature the Joker. Now right. a lot of episodes do, but the first episode is a man band episode, and right. it goes right into the, the story, just like the show. No origin, nothing goes right in. And same with well, Superman had an origin. Yeah. And Batman Beyond had an origin, and the Justice League kind of technically did. Well,
3: they show it right, right into things without the origin.
1: Exactly. So. Yeah.
3: And we and we don't know if Sinestro trained Hal, and they had their encounter, and he disappeared?
0: He could have been Or captured. if that's still to come, yeah. By the, uh... Not necessarily the Manhunters, but the, uh... The guardians, I guess is what you call them? Yeah. And then he just joins them instead?
3: Yeah, he he could have been in that prison very well. If we thought those were Quardians.
0: On the uh, Well, the Quardians in... Green Lantern, First Flight, kind of look like that. True. So, possibly.
3: That's where I was going with on that, yeah. So. Well, I think that covers Green Lantern for now.
0: No kidding.
3: I think the speculation will continue next week. Again, there's a lot of stuff in this universe, a lot to talk about, and we could probably talk about how it's going to connect to this show all day. Yes. So, let's move on to the shorts now, if you're ready. I just came in the school. And we're going to first take it away with DC Nation Mythbusters with the second Batarang demonstration, which I called Batarang Demonstration Part 2. And at first, when I saw this condition of DC Nation Mythbusters, I kind of groaned because I thought it was a replay of the first Batarang demonstration. Yes. But instead, what we got was the Batarang being used to cut down a suspended object. Which in this case was a sandbag hanging from a rope. this mm-hmm. time around the guy doing the demonstration didn't just throw one batarang? He threw two, which was awesome.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
3: And I liked this demonstration better than the first one because it showed the batarang being used in a way that Batman would actually use it. Yeah. To probably like drop a suspended walkway, or maybe like a chandelier, or like on the docks. I think this happened in Batman Under the Red Hood. Where yes. there was like something suspended from a crane, and he threw the batarang to knock that down and fall on Amazo. Do mm-hmm. he and Nightwing were fighting at that point, right? So, I thought it was cool that we got to see the batarang do something that Batman would actually use it to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I liked it. It was it was it was pretty sweet. Better than yeah. the first one.
3: I thought so too.
0: Yeah. Definitely better than the first I, one.
3: I mean Batman's not gonna be throwing the battering at soda bottles. Or mm-hmm. whatever they threw it at in the first short. What what was it that they threw it at the first time?
0: Like a sandbag or something?
3: Like a like a target.
0: No, no, wasn't it like a Yeah, it was a target. Yeah. You're right.
3: And the green arrow they We've shot only at soda so bottles. far
0: gotten Yeah, we've only so far gotten batarangs and arrows. What's yeah. with that?
3: I want Wonder Woman's bracelets.
0: Yeah, I know you do.
3: That would be sweet. The only thing is, like, they can't pull out a gun and shoot at somebody on TV or shoot at something on TV.
1: Well, you could. They do it on the shows.
3: Yeah, but a real gun is different on kids TV compared to the fake one. And even it's pushing it to use guns in regular animated shows, as Bruce Timm also explains commentary about the 8 series. So, yeah. They have to be animated a certain way so they don't look like real, like guns that actually exist in the real world. It's weird. Hmm. But again, they could just use a paintball and shoot it at the bracelets and have it see if it bounces off. (laughs) Hmm. Like they did with the, the gas arrow.
1: Interesting.
3: Yeah. Well, I have a feeling someone's ready to move on to Bad Presents Green Care Bear, the next
0: short. I want to find that oath.
3: The Care Bear Oath? Mm-hmm. It is available online. There is a site now that's out that I will probably post in this episode, and maybe we should post it on the ATA website, where um a guy, it's like a blog he has, because every week he said that he is going to Find links to the shorts and post them on his site.
0: That works for me
3: every week, so you can keep track of them and watch them there.
0: Oh, I found it. Yeah, that wasn't that hard. Yep. No, I meant the elf, not the guy.
3: <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> that the Mad shorts are really easy to find online because actually they've been yeah. out for a while because they were on the original Mad show, which I think is still airing on Cartoon Network, right?
0: Yes. Okay. They just added... Because doesn't DC own Mad now? Yes. Mad Magazine?
3: Yes, they publish it.
0: Which is funny because they make fun of Marvel characters too.
3: Yes, they do.
1: Even on the show. Which is fun. So. With itchy fur and curly hair, I make good friends most everywhere. I hug and smile and skip and stare. fear the love of my Care Bear stare.
3: Well... I don't know, Michael, if you needed to watch the Caramere animated series like I did as a kid no. to get all the jokes in this Green Lantern Caramere crossover spoof, but the idea of Jordan becoming the Green Caramere and reciting that oath you just said, instead of becoming a Green Lantern, is absolutely hilarious. And seeing him dressed in that giant Caramere suit was absolutely priceless. I mean, I was just it cracking on this great stuff.
0: It should have been Nathan Fillon.
3: Dewey the Voice.
0: And in the suit.
3: A live-action version. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Don't get mad at the ideas.
1: But it's funny.
3: That would be off the wall. Yeah, this is Green Lantern 2. It's a preview for that movie, what it's going to be like. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no people kidding. are going to want to kill you now. I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> Like The first one was bad enough. Don't do this.
0: No, definitely kidding. It's okay.
3: <laughs> it's not a terrible movie.
0: No, it's not. It's a good movie. I don't know why people can't see that. No. They're dumb. You people are dumb.
3: Well, this is coming from the guy who likes Superman 4.
0: Okay. That's a good movie, too.
3: Maybe the plot line, not the effects. Yeah, well. Well, anyway, with this mad short, the other thing I thought was funny was the Care Bears having a grumpy bear to train new Care Bear recruits. Because that was a great parody of Killawong that had me rolling on the floor. It's great stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. It was very cool.
3: So with that, we're going to move on to talking about the new Ardman Entertainment Claymation short, DC's World Funniest, number four. <laughs> That's what they're listing at as. And yes. Michael's going to have something smart to say after I make this. Comment. I have a feeling. But after watching the fourth installment of the Claymation shorts featuring various characters from the DC Universe, I was asking myself, maybe you were too, Michael, why we should even bother discussing DC Nation shows every week Gwyn just probably recording you, Michael, running around the room laughing like Batman did in the short <laughs> Could be classified as entertainment-worthy. Could be on television. And I'm serious. I mean, the way Man right, entertainment is go. taking these DC characters, you running around the room laughing, It'd be a great podcast.
0: Well we, well, we should do it, and we'll just put the video on loop that goes for over. Oh for my hour. gosh! I think we should. <laughs> I think I will.
3: Oh my god! Could you see Nico's reaction?
0: What have you done? Oh my god!
2: That. <laughs> <God>. uh. <laughs> Michael is. So.
3: Uh, Nico is the straight man on our podcast to Michael's wackiness. Only... And sometimes the reactions to it are fun.
0: See, I want to know his reactions to some of the stuff I pull. <laughs> I
3: don't know if he's heard at all. But anyway, that statement I said <laughs> about DC World's funniest might be a little extreme when it comes to the criticism. But really,
1: the no, fact that not. these.
3: Well, these shorts making a giant animated question mark appear over my head most of the time, it's over. And yes, there's actually one there. Someone it has sense. to come in my room <laughs> and told you. deal that one too. But to the point that someone's had to like come in my room and take it down off my head
0: because it's Lucky just that weird. mine down. They just leave it there.
3: Oh, okay. Well, but anyway, I feel like Cartoon Network just based on that perception really needs to move on to some more of the more highly anticipated shorts or the ones that sound like interesting ideas, like Thunder and Lightning mm-hmm. or Lego Batman or yes. whatever they put together uh, with that blue beetle footage I said.
0: Yes, I agree with that.
3: Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, just the Arnman thing's not working. And again, that's the <laughs> biggest name company. So I feel like they're stuck having to pay with the shorts because they're Arnman and they're a big
0: company well Lego
3: Yeah, well yeah and Lego too you're right and they're already doing a cartoon show for Cartoon Network so if they need to get on that use that Lego I I wonder if they just don't have as many
0: yeah it's possible
3: but next week we're going to get another Mad and Super Best Friends Forever
0: see I know next week we're getting Plastic Man and New Teen Titans
3: oh is that what it says this blog I was looking at said different things
0: well, maybe there are
3: four. Uh, maybe, I don't know. That one. There are only two listed what I saw, so who knows. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll go with what you said. I think your source might be better than mine. Who knows? Anyway, there uh, is a source... It's a Wikipedia. Okay, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, there is a source that tells me that this next Young Justice episode we talked about was the penultimate episode, to the big season finale, which is probably going to be pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. God, I don't want someone to spoil that on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but I heard it's awesome, so we'll Mm -hmm. see that, if that works. So let's talk about the Young Justice episode, Usual Suspects.
1: A new member joins Young Justice as they must face Internal struggles.
3: (laughs) It's that darn Rocket's fault. You can't say new member because you don't want her on the
1: team. I don't want her. That's why I'm laughing. Alright, alright. Do it again. A new member joins Young Justice as they must face internal struggles as the moles make their identities clear. This week's
3: episode of Young Justice started out with the Adam Plastic Man. Dr. Fate, Icon, and Red Arrow all being inducted into the Justice League. While Icon's sidekick Rocket joined the Young Justice team. Becoming what I thought, and this is probably really going to infuriate Michael here, a love interest for Aqualad. Which may be why he's that his fan. Yeah, he's kind of freaking out. And I think he wants Rocket gone as bad as I want Cartoon Network to move on from the Iron Entertainment shorts.
0: No, more. So
3: do you want to explain your issues with Rocket? I was just kind of like she was there. I was impartial to her.
0: Well, that's how I felt. I'm like, if you're going to bring a new character on the show, they need to do something. They can't just be there and say, is this what it's always like? Is this what it's always like? Yes, it's what it's always like. We've been watching the show for 21 episodes. We don't need you to tell us that. Oh, 25 episodes. But my point being... Ugh... She just annoys me. And I didn't like the character in the comics either. She was always like a Robin poser. I didn't like that.
3: Well, Icon, so, is he that big of a character?
0: In the Milestone universe, yes.
3: Yeah, like I didn't even think he was a part of the DC universe.
0: Well, when they merged them together after that story called Final Crisis. Okay. That crap. But, so Final yeah.
3: Crisis merged... Wildstorm with...
0: Milestone. And Wildstorm, actually. but
3: Okay. So what universe is Icon from? Milestone. Milestone. Is he, that created by Dwayne McDuffie? Correct. Are those his characters? Yes. So see, I see why they brought Icon in as a uh, tribute to Dwayne McDuffie, I would say.
0: I don't. You already have Icon becoming a member of the Justice League. Right. Well, I guess you get that. I
3: would have went with static. I mean, if you're gonna play tribute to Dwayne McDuffie,
0: come on. No kidding. I would have been fine with that. That,
3: that would. Be I know fine. he's. I know he's not on. Uh, you know, I know he had his own animated series, but so what?
0: Who cares? He also Robin. had his own comic until it was canceled.
3: Yeah. And well, and Robin, Robin was on Teen Titans, and mm-hmm. you know that animated series. And now he's on the Young Justice show. They're gonna do it with Beast Boy. So, what the heck? Again, I get that they need another girl. Well, no.
0: No, they don't.
3: Because you have three already. Uh, yeah. I mean, but is the number of ratio of boys to girls equal?
0: Four boys, three girls, it really doesn't matter. Okay. It's dumb. Yeah. It's real
3: dumb. Again, I would have rather seen Wonder Girl than New 52 version. Because I know you don't like the the one before <clears throat> that. Post-Crisis Wonder Girl. But um, You know, whatever. We're just,
0: well, I it guess, just... It just... She's not needed. And she yeah. won't be here during Invasion, I can guarantee it. Probably. Well, I can't guarantee it, but probably not. So, I mean, what's the point?
3: Yeah. The other thing, it just real quick, she's why do, why do you say she's a poser to Robin, just real quick? Just curious.
0: Well, whenever I had read kind of her stuff, or how she was written, and it's and I'm not at all bashing Dwayne McDuffie, because we all know how much I love Dwayne McDuffie.
3: Yeah, he's written some great stuff.
0: However, yeah. However she was more like kind of that Robin-esque character. I don't really know how to explain it. She was... She tried to be upbeat, make jokes all the time. It just We already have Kid Flash and Robin for that on the show. So why do we need this character? And one, she, and she doesn't even know what she's doing. She's just doing whatever.
3: Yeah, that's true.
0: So there's, ugh, there's Yeah, no point. she
3: needs training,
0: I guess. It was, I mean, it was fine when she had that cameo in the Revelation episode because she, did, she didn't have fun. to talk. She didn't have to talk.
3: Right. So there but, you go. Now I see. Yeah, you want Batgirl. Speaking of characters that had cameos that should be used. Hello.
0: No kidding.
3: Hello, Greg Wiseman.
0: So, it's right
3: yeah. up there. Oh my gosh. Anyhow, after this excitement, or Michael's unexcitement, mm. of the new heroes joining the Justice League dies down, the Young Justice team heads to the site of a crashed plane that had Cheshire as one of its passengers. However, this turns out to be a ruse as Cheshire appears alive and well with the Riddler, who Michael wanted to see the Young Justice team face off against, ambush a villains, supported by a giant force field. And, yeah. fr- and from here, realizing that they have their backs against the wall, Aqualad gives the orders for the members of Young Justice to unload on the bad guys, get another all-out brawl for this Weeks DC Nation, where two major events I thought took place for the overarching story. First, we saw Cheshire save Artemis from those falling rocks caused by their fight, giving us the sense that she accepted Sportsmaster's offer to become a villain in the name of loyalty to her family. Then second, and most importantly, and again, this was kind of hard to watch but really cool at the same time, Superboy shuts down the Riddler's force field by giving Mammoth an absolutely serious beating. I mean, this was unbelievably <laughs> animated. Superboy takes off, uses heat vision on him, and just pounds into him with rapid fire fists. I mean, it was nuts how bad he beat down. And it almost made him appear like Match, which was crazy. Yes. And at the same time, Robin. Robin, and I think everybody for the most part witnessed him doing this. And they were pretty much floored that Connor could fly and do all this stuff because he didn't know that. And Mm -hmm. then this idea of, you know, his... Connor didn't even realize that he was doing this in front of everybody because his enhanced Kryptonian abilities created by these patches that Lex Luthor given to him just caused him to act out crazy without inhibition. And he just, you know, went for it and everybody... Witnessed it. And it was weird because I thought people were going to... Mention more about it after it happened. Because we went back to the cave in Happy Harbor. And we get this awesome moment... With Batman. Where it appears that he's about to scold... Robin for hacking the League's computer systems. And the Young Justice team for going against orders. But then he turns around to commend them for it. Which was awesome. I really liked that. And Michael, just going back to the fight... Was there anything you liked about it, or did you think with the Superboy stuff that you wanted to comment the on? The Superboy
0: stuff was cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was really cool to see again because I didn't know how or if he was going to try and keep it a secret or not, or if he was going to run out of patches or shields like we did see in this episode. So I, I didn't know, but I was very happy with how it turned out. So
3: it's fun, but incredibly frightening at the same time. To see a Kryptonian character a lot loose.
0: Yes, very frightening.
3: The only time I could think of that it was really cool was when Superman unloaded on Darkseid.
0: Yes, but that was that was cool. That was controlled.
3: Yeah, and it was controlled somewhat, but that was well, that was pretty awesome. Well,
0: pretty much, was, overall.
3: Well, Batman was there, so we were okay. Yes. If Batman's there, I feel better about everything.
0: <laughs>
3: well, except for maybe next week's episode of Young Justice, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. So, Young Justice, they win this big fight and they're just about to celebrate and as this happens, Superman gets Superboy gets another Superman the movie style mm-hmm. message from Lex Luthor about going to get more patches. So this happens mm-hmm. and Superboy goes, to will fly off to get more patches. Everyone's like, what are you doing? You're a crazy man. You know, you almost killed somebody with you losing your admission from these patches. What the heck are you smoking? Are you Alan Miles? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 That's fine.
0: like that. No, no, no. It works. I like it.
3: So anyhow, the story goes to the next scene where the prediction we've been making over the past few weeks on this podcast came to fruition as Artemis... Miss Martian, and Superboy were all revealed to be moles. Or at least that's what Lex Luthor and the other bad guys thought Doo-doo. as we... What was that?
1: Do-do-do.
3: Oh. I thought I heard you say something else, but okay.
0: No. So anyway, what anyway, you think I said? I, I don't know. Alright.
3: I, I thought you said a word that started with a K, but that's just me. Oh. No. Okay, we're safe. Okay. Anyway, never mind, because I want to talk about this because it's this cool. So, basically, Miss Martian, Artemis, and Artemis aren't moles. Guys, we flash back to each of the suspected moles coming clean to the Young Justice team, which was, you know, a cool surprise. But focusing in on these flashbacks, I really felt it was a good thing that the writers put in that wisecrack from Wally. About it feeling like everyone has a secret to share because I felt it kept the Young Justice team's reactions from making Superboy, Miss Martian, get Artemis' problems, feel like a giant misunderstanding like you would find on teen sitcoms, such as hmm. iCarly, Wizards of Waverly Place. That's lots of W's in there. Yeah.
0: Which one? Which What? Never mind.
3: Wizards of Waverly I,
0: Place? I never liked that show.
3: And another sitcom, Hello Megan. Oh, wait a minute. That's not real.
1: Hello Megan.
3: But it's got a catchy theme song.
1: Hello Megan.
3: Yeah. The other, Probably other people think that was a ridiculous idea for that episode, but I thought it was funny and I had to reference it. See, I liked it. Yeah. Guys thought, though, too, but that's just me. And in fact, I'm going to go with This is Why I Felt This Way. Is that the reasoning behind Miss Martian and Artemis coming clean about their secrets in my opinion wasn't necessarily made clear. I mean you could chalk it up to the fact that Superboy coming clean when his display of powers forced him to come clean gave Miss Martian and Artemis the courage to reveal their secrets. But I kind of felt we needed more than that.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: I mean it could have been worse the writers could have decided to have the entire Young Justice team sing Kumbaya together.
1: That would have been fun.
3: No. That's just
1: almost as bad
3: as Mr. Freeze singing I'm Mr. White Christmas from A Year Without a Santa Claus.
1: See, that'd be fun too.
3: No. No, don't remind me of anything that has to do with Batman and Robin there.
0: Did that actually happen? No.
3: That was it. that's right. That's that was right. an that alternate was reality movie. created by Grant Morrison.
0: <laughs> True. We can go with that.
3: But anyhow, I mean, do I have a point here with these reveals or did you did you just think they were fine or what?
0: I liked that they were at one after the other.
3: I yeah, I'll go with you on and that. And that
0: they and that they created the plan out of that. Because when Superboy first went there and was shocked to see Megan and Artemis there, I I did not think they knew. I think it okay. was really well played. And then it turns out it was the plan all along. And I'm like, whoa. That was awesome.
3: Yeah. I mean and that was a cool surprise. I mean it was cool that they faked him out that way. Yeah. Again, I yeah. just I didn't feel the motivation for Miss Martian and Artemis. Really? I mean really was it because of Superboy that the others just decided to say something?
0: I knew Superboy said something because he felt he needed to.
3: Well, I mean, he went in front of everybody, showed how yeah. he had those extra powers. Yeah. There's no other way of explaining it.
0: I think... I don't think Artemis would have shared otherwise. Okay. I think Megan... No, I don't think she would have either. So I think, yeah.
3: I, I thought it was cool that Superboy already knew... With Miss Martian.
0: Yes. Yes, because, okay, and I was re-watching the scene, or the episode, where they fight Simon for the first time, yeah. because I wanted to rewatch it after seeing the other one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when they do their mind thing, you see a white Martian. Oh, really? Yes. Cool. And it's her. And Great I'm, and consistency. I'm like, so it does make sense, you know? Yeah. So that was really cool.
3: Alright, very nice. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, I thought it made him a better guy than we thought he was. Yeah. I thought it made him very Superman-like. Oh, yeah. For accepting a person who they were, not by their image on the outside.
0: Yes. Because
3: Superman would do that. Exactly. Right, and that's a difference between Superboy and Lex Luthor. Correct. I mean, the anger and some of his faults, they're Lex Luthor, but we also saw Yes, Superman in him, just based on what he did with Miss Martian, which I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. And it probably made a shipper like you for those two even more excited. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're safe on that tragic breakup between them. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Unless Joss Whedon decides to start writing for Young Justice, then you're in trouble.
0: Oh no, that would be a problem.
3: Yeah, what you you may be okay. Don't worry. Okay. Did did most of the relationships work out on Spectacular Spider-Man?
0: Because mm. that was
3: written by the same guy.
0: Mm. How far are you in it?
3: Um, end of first season.
0: They work out until the final episode.
3: Okay. Don't <laughs> okay, say any more. Okay. Okay, I don't want to ruin that episode because it sounds cool.
0: It's extremely (laughs) awesome. Like, they, if it were live action, they would have blown the budget. (laughs) Nice. Yes. Nice. It feels like Spider-Man the movie.
3: Check out Ultimate spider I mean, check out the Ultimate spider Check out Spectacular Spider-Man. You can watch it online. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, it is really cool. And I guess if you want to support Paul Dini which is the only reason I saw it, watch <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man, but you could really just buy Batman the Animated Series stuff or his Detective Comics run, so just do that instead.
3: That's better material, I've heard.
0: By far.
3: Even though I should probably watch Ultimate Spider-Man, but
0: I'll it's do that after
3: that. I finish it. Spectacular.
0: Yeah. You're going to want Season 3 for Spectacular once you see Ultimate. Yeah.
3: Anyhow... Going back to Young Justice and writing off that line I said about the Young Justice team singing Kumbaya together. This is Young Justice. And the problems for the teens on this show are not solved with a big group hug. They're solved by taking out the bad guys. And that's exactly what happens in this episode's second all-out brawl. Complete with some great Lex Luthor dialogue. Zatanna using her illusions to help Robin defeat Bane with an electric grappling hook. To the back of the head.
0: Yes.
3: Which was awesome and extremely violent.
0: But awesome.
3: And then we had Aqualad and Rocket and
0: it's gonna yeah. make Michael
3: groan. using Apocalypse weaponry to help Artemis apprehend Sportsmaster. But, but Cheshire manages to get away. Again, she could be back next episode. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But she leaves her father behind. So obviously we know she cares about Artemis, or the Sportsmaster. hmm So that sums up that. Yes. And Sportsmaster, hopefully, he's done for, for a while, and they bring in a cooler Batman villain, to cover things. The Sportsmaster
0: we'll is not even a Batman villain. He was originally a Green Lantern villain.
3: In like, 1950s Green Lantern.
0: Yeah. Like Alan oh, Scott. Scott,
3: Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he was kind of cheesy then too.
0: Well, I mean, he's not really known as a Batman villain either. Yeah. It's just weird. But.
3: He's more known as an obscure Golden Age villain, but.
0: hmm But he's making a comeback.
3: Yes, with Young Justice. Mm-hmm. And the DC Nation Mythbusters, because they've shot several things at a target of Sportsmaster.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: So he gets around, yeah. Yes. And was there anything else you liked out of the fight scene you wanted to comment on?
0: Other than the fact that it was just awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what else to say. This
3: week's DC Nation was all about the brawls. Yes. As we really did get some great fights.
0: All about the brawls and a shocking reveal.
3: And the Care Bear Stare.
0: Care Bear Stare. Yes.
3: Well, yes. And as you were saying... This victory for Young Justice is short lived as Done. we cut Don't to me. the Watchtower with the Shocker, where Red Arrow infects Batman with a piece of Starro, which is being called a nanomachine. And this causes yeah. the Dark Knight to let Vandal Savage, believe it or not, into the Watchtower, where he reveals himself as the big villain behind everything that has occurred throughout this season including turning Roy into a sleeper agent mole. Well,
0: well, apparently, from what I heard, someone's above Vandal Savage.
3: Oh boy. There's bigger than Vandal Savage. Yeah. Well, I just figured Vandal Savage was mad about the events of Justice League Doom. And he just wanted some payback, so he came up with a bigger plan.
0: Which is possible.
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, someone who's willing to steal from Batman to kill the Justice League, thats you're kind of crazy. Yeah. So I could see him doing something that's sort of a little crazy. True. However, Batman and Red Arrow aren't the only ones with nanomachines controlling them. As Vandal Savage shows that he has infected the entire League. And I'm assuming, Michael, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this. Well, no, you can't because you already saw the episode. Darn
0: can okay. I can
3: just no. Don't ruin it for our listeners. But what were
1: you going to ask? Or
3: myself? Well, I said I was assuming that some of the higher level villains, as well, are also infected by the nanomachines. Since so you're, I feel that you're right on the concept that Lex Luthor and Ra's al Ghul would never work for Savage, let alone with each other.
0: Right. Which so, doesn't make sense, but I will just say it's not all revealed. Okay. In the finale.
3: Well, I figured some of this is going to be dealt with and explained more so as we get the big finale next week, which is, from what the preview showed shown on Cartoon Network, it's going to be Justice League versus Young Justice in a yes. real epic season finale well, that Michael's saying you don't want to miss.
0: No, I'm excited didn't. for
3: it. It's going to be great.
0: April 21st.
3: And Michael's really going to enjoy it that he gets to watch it now in English.
0: Yeah, instead of <laughs> in Portuguese. <laughs>
3: with subtitles
0: yep. with subtitles
3: so I hope you get to watch it
0: I will watch it yeah there's no way, way I won't watch it
3: exactly yeah so well good yes. stuff exciting
0: very exciting
3: and am I right it's Starro right it's pieces of Starro right yes, yes. okay Alright. want to make but, sure and, I'm right on those details.
0: There's a lot more with Red Arrow next week than this week.
3: And is he a sleeper agent?
0: Oh, he's a sleeper agent, but he's more than that.
3: <laughs> Go boy. Go boy.
1: And tune in next week. <laughs>
3: now, now, okay, can I assume that the Young Justice team, none of them are infected?
0: Correct. Okay. Not for lack of trying in the next episode, but correct.
3: Right. Well, I figured that's what the whole brawl between the Justice League and the Young Justice team is. Is that they try to infect them and the, the Young Justice team fights and it's going to be awesome. Yeah.
0: No, that's what it is. So, Batman yeah, it is
3: versus is. Robin is going to be awesome.
0: Superman versus Superboy.
3: Yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome too. Yeah. He's going to need those patches. No kidding. They could, well, you know, Miss Martian versus Martian Manhunter could be pretty sweet also. Mm-hmm. Especially if they start shape-shifting. Yeah. The fight that's going to be the most like different in terms of the Tyrion sidekick fighting is going to be Aquaman and Aqualad. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of have different capabilities. Yeah. So that'd be kind of weird. And then someone has to fight the Green Lanterns. Yes. If they're on Earth.
0: Which they are.
3: Oh, and Wally fights the Flash. That's cool. Uh, uh, uh. I haven't seen that before. Oh. I'm excited. This is going to be good stuff.
0: It's, yeah. Yes, it is.
3: It's almost going to be as shocking as when, um, Robin punched Batman in the face and, uh, Batman, um, the animated series, season 4, when he left to become Nightwing.
0: Which is pretty sweet.
3: Yes. That crazy. was crazy. Sweet. Yes. You go, Bruce Damon and Baldini and friends. Yes. But why are you working for Marvel, darn it?
0: The Baldini?
3: That darn Grant Morrison, he turned them to the dark side.
0: But anyway, we should probably move on Batman. to our next topic.
3: Yes. We are going to move on to our next topic because. People want us to shut up and move on. And they to want to else. hear
0: about our next target. Yes, or they probably
3: want to hear about that more than anything else. So let's move on now to our great discussion Uh the next part of the Smallville season eleven comic book line, entitled Guardian. And this is part two of Guardian, right, Michael? Correct. All right. So let's take it away, Mr. DC Announcer Man, with that.
1: Find out what Lex has in mind for Luther Corp and Smallville in this new, exciting installment. Ooh.
0: Sounds exciting when it involves the one, the only, Lex Luther. However, I'm still not exactly sure why it says Luther Corp. But that's fine. Yeah. We'll figure that out.
3: Well, the first page starts out with Clark brushing his teeth. Yes, I know we want him to be doing some super heroic super y thing. But no he's brushing his teeth. And talking with the brush teeth voice. I guess.
0: Don't worry girls though. He's shirtless. Yes, as Tom Welling
3: Cast to be in every couple episodes of Smallville,
0: right? Exactly. I mean the women can't get enough of it and some of those iffy men.
3: Yep. The WB has returned
0: uh, in this I, comic. Yeah. Yeah. Seasons one through four especially.
3: So anyway, <laughs> we move on, and Lois is ragging Clark for breaking the sink again. Except he didn't foul, break the sink. No, he did not. Got on this first page, we get to see Lois sporting a Superman t-shirt, which is kind of cool.
0: It's the Superman Returns logo. Yes,
3: it is. And we also have a Wade Tech computer yes! that she's typing on. Yes! So I wonder if that means we will see the one, the only,
0: Batman. I, okay, I think so for a few reasons. One, because he didn't tell us no yes. when we interviewed him. He said, they haven't turned down anyone I've asked for yet. But I think that
3: will come in a later issue.
0: Oh, I agree. I think this is just a precursor. But also, remember what Chloe said in Fortune? Yes. Billionaire Playboy with high-tech toys.
3: Yes, but that will probably be in a future issue down the road. Probably even after Guardian
0: is done, I would think. Oh, yeah. Obviously, just yeah. an episode. Exactly. Probably a two-parter or something.
3: And also, uh, we commented, I commented by looking on this page that the artwork of Erica Durant doesn't all look like Erica Durant so much, but Michael was commenting that it's exceptionally hard to draw as close to the actors as possible, especially the female actresses.
0: Yeah, and that's really evident from Chloe in the last issue and Lois in this one.
3: But the Lois dialogue and mannerisms are really right on. Yes. She's very bright, vibrant, and. Jumping and peeking around corners and kind of, I, I would say cartoonish, like she kind of is. Mm-hmm. She really is the comic relief. A lot of the times on Smallville. And I'll I thought we that. got that bubbliness here. And uh, we go to the next page where we get to see more of the shirtless Clark. It made the girls excited.
0: And it made Wu excited.
3: Yes, probably. <laughs> and... Clark is razzing to see Lois say that she broke the sink because she's blaming it on his superpowers because she says it was his super spit They threw in a small veil there which is all fun yes and then Clark kind of tells her that they need to send all the wedding presents back and Lois is like it's just can't. It's, it's canceled it's not canceled that it's just postponed and Clark x-rays and sees that they have a bunch of blunders
0: It's postponed for seven years.
3: Yeah. So it's funny, and Lois probably did keep all the blunders and the gifts, even though it was postponed for seven years.
0: And then they got more. Exactly. It's a win-win.
3: Yeah. So if you need a blunder, Lois and Clark are the ones to call.
0: Yes. Yes.
3: And Clark, I like this here, how he proceeds to use his X-ray vision to find out, and Lois is like, I already knew there was three blenders. I just shook the
0: boxes. And I thought that one present in the corner was a hologram present. I am like, yeah. who brought that? Booster Gold or what? No. So it's this x-ray vision. Right.
3: And it looks like it does on the show. Like I commented, that's why it kind of looks a little different than I think we're used to in the comics. Yes. Yeah. So that's fun. And I always like these little opening scenes with Lois and Clark, even when the series was going on. Where Clark uses his superpowers to do everyday household things. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see him in an environment where he can be totally comfortable being himself around someone.
0: Well, right. He doesn't have to wear the suit, the cape, or the glasses and tie. Right. He's the Clark we grew up with for ten years.
3: Right, and it's nice that we have this to kind of maintain that character. Especially later on in this comic, when we see him kind of... uh, have to hide who he is a little bit.
0: Yeah.
3: And then we get this great comment with Lois about them constantly screwing up the S on this costume.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And it's kind of Kerr-razing Clark that he's changing uniforms too fast. And that's why no one can get the S right. And I thought that was kind of a nice little jab at the complaints about the S shield with Man of Steel and the New 52 and Everything else coming out.
0: Well, and Clark does speak the truth when he, or Lois does speak the truth when she says it's hard to draw twice. I've drawn that as shield I don't know how many <laughs> times. Every time it looks a little different. Yeah. It's that complicated,
3: you know. Darn you, she- Siegel and Schuster making it so complicated
0: to draw. Well, the original wasn't complicated. <laughs> That's true.
3: They changed it up.
0: DC Comics changed it. Yeah, DC
3: it up. Comics. What's up with that? <laughs>
0: But then uh, they talk about kryptonite bullets and regular bullets and... And it
3: sounds like he's got a lead shield or something on his costume to protect him from kryptonite bullets.
0: So you think that's what the new S is made out of then?
3: I don't know. I don't know if that's a joke or if that is really true.
0: That would be kind of cool if it was true.
3: I think it would be cool. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. It would be a realistic concept.
0: Well, and Brian did say when we interviewed him that the second issue or the second digital comic would explain his suit. So maybe he was shot at in the past six months and he had to change it.
3: That's interesting. Yeah, somebody went after him or they figured out his weakness. Well, at least there's plenty of kryptonite out there with the meteor meteor rock in Smallville.
0: The last two meteor showers.
3: Yes. Then there could be a third one, who knows.
1: Well, there could be.
3: Then we get a nice kiss between Lois and Clark. Taffy love birds. That's good. They missed each other. They're kind of passing ships in the night. It sounds like when we go to this next panel. And Lois is not getting much sleep. So she's drinking a lot of coffee and Clark doesn't really need sleep. (laughs) And this could be a problem with them not always getting to be together all the time. They can run into trouble here.
0: Yeah, but I think we've we situated that really nicely after prophecy. True. I don't, I don't think they're going to go back there because I mean Brian did write that episode. Right. So I don't I don't think they're going to go back to that at all, which I'm happy about. Yeah.
3: But they're a little hints of marriage complications, but they're seeming to make it work.
0: True. Is she even wearing her engagement ring?
3: Uh, I didn't seem like it. Not Maybe. from what I've seen on the panels.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it either. Again,
3: she's asleep, and some people do take it off when they go in the shower and whatnot. So maybe that's True. what she's doing.
0: True. You know. Could she doesn't
3: be. doesn't want to lose it. Or Lois has to hide the fact she's married for whatever reason. And then they talk about how the Russians in the next panel are commissioning a statue of Clark. Which Lois kind of thinks is cool. And Clark's like, I didn't really want them to do that. And Lois is, you know, saying that, you know, hero worship is not too bad.
0: Sounds a little bit like Red Sun.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Clark seems a little nervous about it. Because that might have been a reference to Red Sun with the statue. That's kind of fun. And then Lois kind of talks about how he's been doing a variety of good things. Including pushing that planet out of orbit. Known as Apocalypse in the finale.
0: Yeah, and then like the next panel kind of talks about wanting to reveal to the world that he's an alien. Yes. Yeah. And, and Lois is kind of against that, obviously. Yeah, and you had a good
3: comment when you said, when you read it about it, Michael.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I said um, he has to reveal to the world that he's an alien because without that knowledge, the Legion of Superheroes wouldn't exist and they wouldn't right. have the Superman to look up to because Rock does say, a.k.a. Cosmic Boy, does say in Legion that him being the first alien immigrant brought the whole entire Legion to Earth and inspired right. them to be heroes and protect it, just like he did.
3: So I think we're going to see the beginning of him establishing some of those things in this comic
0: throughout
3: yeah. this whole season, probably. So I think we're really establishing a lot of Clark and Lois's conflicts throughout this season. And Mm -hmm. how Superman's going to fit into the world. And we see a little issue that based on the government or satellite or something being able to see what was going on on Apocalypse people are a little scared of aliens. They think they're going to enslave them and whatnot. And Clark makes this really awesome point about um, him revealing his alien could show that there's just as much bright in the universe is there is dark. And I thought that was a really cool morality thing. And more of Clark's sporting kind of that Jonathan Kent advice that he tended to give characters throughout um, season 10, like Booster Gold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Jaime, or Jamie. Yes. However you pronounce it. And kind of how, or something that Brainiac 5 gave to him too in Homecoming.
3: Right, exactly.
0: And what he gave to Oliver afterwards.
3: Yes, I agree with that. So that's what he's trying to do. He's still trying to encourage people. He's trying to show that maybe not all aliens are bad. Even though there's this crazy menacing guy running around named Lex Luthor who feels otherwise.
0: And can I I say real quick that I missed that red-blue blur... Because we kept seeing a black blur throughout Season 9, and even throughout Season 10, it might have been a little bit red and blue, but it was darker. I'm glad it's light again.
3: Oh yeah, obviously. Because he's Superman, he's almost in the ultimate brightness. Yeah, And even this is lighter colored than what we saw on Smallville.
0: Well yeah. Which I I liked. And I think part of that is because CW generally has darker shows and darker colorings for their network, but absolutely.
3: And also, I felt that Spider, um, Spider-Man, blah, 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 that Smallville as a series tended to get brighter the closer Clark became to becoming Superman.
0: With the exception of Season 9.
3: Yes. But from Season 9 up, it continued to get lighter. Especially beginning at the start of Season 10.
0: Well, I mean, if you watch Lazarus and then Finale, I mean, yeah. there's a huge change in color scheme.
3: Exactly. But there are some very dark parts of Finale. Yes. Anyhow, Lois tells Clark that you know, he needs to pace himself but go too fast on revealing himself to the world and who he is because the world might not all be ready to handle it yet.
0: Including a certain Luthor. Yes. Making a lot of noise.
3: Yes, which according to Lewis, Lois, she says that as well. And she's never really a fan of Lex and again is letting him have it
0: still surprised that she called him Luthor instead of Lax, though.
3: But she was never one to really have a relationship
0: with him. True, but she'd always call him Lax. Yeah.
3: But I think they're trying to treat him as someone who's distant from them now.
0: That, okay, I can understand that. That makes a lot more like sense. Like they're
3: almost in practice of saying, we don't know him because we don't want to get on his radar. Right. Unfortunately, I think Lois might get on his radar because he
0: is talking to her father. And so will Clark.
3: And so will Clark. So we go to LexCorp. Michael commented on liking the symbol on the building. The LX. And he talks with General Lane about how there's a hostile planet in orbit. Again, Lex is all freaked out and he's back on his high horse of we need to defend ourselves from aliens. Even though the last time he did that he ended up getting possessed by an alien. But okay. We'll go back on to this.
0: He doesn't remember.
3: Right, he does not.
0: He's not allowed to know.
3: So he he doesn't know the mistake he made the first time, so he's just going to go make it again. So then I like how Lex is shown in shadow. Makes him very menacing. Uh, Something small though they really do show him in shadow a lot. And I like how they're doing it here. Again, he's much more evil than he was then. Yes. yes. So that plays that up. And this would have been awesome if Rosenbaum had a scene with Michael Ironside like this scene sets up.
0: Mm hmm. And, and I'm really glad that they decided to go this route and bring General Lane on. Yeah, and make him a good guy. Yeah.
3: I, I like it better than him being this military leader against Superman. I kind of have an issue with the government being against Superman.
0: Well, remember it's kind of weird. Remembered up to his death in Our Worlds at War, he was totally for Superman, and we saw that again on um, Smallville, especially right. in season ten. But he, yeah. he he's a big supporter of Superman if you count out the whole new Krypton thing.
3: Yeah, and in the beginning, he just wasn't sure. Yeah, he didn't know the whole situation. Right. That once he it was shed the light to him, what the whole situation was. He was like, okay, I get it, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. He just yes. he didn't know what the deal was.
0: Well, he's generally a understanding person when it comes to superheroes.
3: Right, and, and he wanted what was safe, I think, for the American people.
0: Well, and that, his daughter.
3: Yeah, and his daughter, yeah. I mean, he wanted to do the right thing. He just wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And here it sounds like the Russians are a little nervous about aliens. So they've set some research labs and stuff then the orbit which Alex claims to be a weapon and Lex is kind of all for that. He wants to do it for himself and he gives this awesome kind of speech that I can totally see Rose and Bob giving in his portrayal of Lex Luthor of saying that humankind should defend itself and he wants him to sign off, General Lane to sign off on this platform that's like a giant gun. Kind of, I said kind of like the Justice League satellite in Justice League Unlimited. Yes. And there's this great line that uh, would have been awesome for Michael Ironside to say where he says uh, uh, one wrong move that a gun that's pointed out there to defend the Earth from space could be just as easily pointed down here.
0: Which was one of the main plot threads of Justice League Unlimited, like you said.
3: And that could be foreshadowing a plot line in this story where Superman may have to stop this gun getting fired in the wrong direction by maybe Hank Henshaw or Lex who we flip the page can see this really freaky panel of himself and shadow
0: with a green eye on the last page it's like yeah
3: what I liked about the shadow though it almost looks like a skeleton kind of doesn't it it's like kind of freaky yeah i don't know what that's implying but it's it's
0: creepy evil well, he's not a skeleton and he's not that, no. so we're
1: good
3: <laughs> he's good yeah but still it's just it's it's chilling symbolism i think yes and we get this awesome line from general lane where he's like that much power is an open door for abuse and lex just turns around and goes is it that all superman
0: is and do you see on am menacing? These- yeah And do you see on the page before this and on the page after where he does the whole hand lifting thing like Lionel used to do? Yes. I love that. That's yes. That's a little thing, but I love it.
3: The father has become the... Yeah, it's a great speech. Just... And then he kind of gets mad here. Yeah. A little bit with Lex. He's like, he's pushed the planet out of orbit. And it really shows that, you know, Superman... Pushes Lex's button.
0: Buttons. For no real reason at this point.
3: No. Just the fact that he's an alien and he, he's suspicious of him.
0: Well, he doesn't know he's an alien. Yet. Yeah.
3: I think he knows that he's the traveler. I, I don't think it's been said yet, but I think he has an idea.
0: I would tend to agree with you.
3: Because wasn't the um, S-Shield in the journal?
0: Uh, I believe the S-Shield from, I believe, the Kryptonian letter for S, the one that was on Clark's chest in Season 2, Season 3. I believe that's in the journal. I don't know if the S-Shield itself is. Okay. I know the House of Zod symbol is. I don't know if the House of L symbol is.
3: And then General Lane kind of supports Superman by saying he gives people hope. But he says if anything goes wrong with Superman, he's got a backup plan to deal with him. Yeah. But I think he's more concerned about Lex than anything else.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
3: And then we cut to Later. The, later at the newsstand. And the newsstand guy, he's he's always supporting the heroes. Even when he's on Smallville, he's got some great comment to say to support the heroes. Which is always fun. And then Clark buys his paper and dum 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 Lex shows up.
0: And he looks just like Rosenbaum did.
1: Oh my. Mr. Luthor, I can't break a hundred.
3: That's Otis that would talk this. Otis doesn't run the newsstand, Michael. It's Lenny. It's Lenny, okay. No! (laughs) No Lenny Luthor! No, it's definitely This is Smallville. This is a higher quality institution than that movie. (laughs) And then Lex buys a whole bunch of coffees from Lenny. Yeah, they're buddies. I guess that must be because he was so nice to... he was so nice to his dad when he came crossed over from the alternate reality.
0: I just want to see how it all turns out.
3: Yeah. That's why he showed up at the newsstand. Lex wanted to see how it turns out. True. And so he kind of razzes the planet, Lex does. So it's more of a tabloid now than anything else, and Clark kind of stands up for Tess on that one. And then he says that Tess took her own life. Which we Ooh. know isn't true. Then that was a
0: low blow. But I think we have to remember that Lex doesn't remember killing her. Right. He woke up and, who's this dead person on the floor? Oh, <laughs> it's my sister.
3: He didn't even know that.
0: Well, now he does.
3: Right. So she did that. And then he kind of introduces himself. Clark. Yes. And Clark kind of acts like, I don't know you. We, don't, we didn't fight over the same girl. That didn't happen.
0: You didn't marry the woman I wanted to. You didn't try and kill all my friends. <laughs> right. You weren't possessed by General Zod.
3: You didn't give me that nasty smirk when you drove away in your limo.
0: He's not the villain of the story. Right.
3: <laughs> so that goes on and he says... Lex Luthor's called the people's hero and Clark doesn't like that. And then Lex tries to bring up this whole thing that they were friends when they were younger and Clark kind of blows it off. Plays it off. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get it.
0: Well, he's like, I'm surprised you even remembered that. Right. Because of his quote-unquote condition.
3: And Lex is like, I don't really think you're being honest with me and he's trying to play this I'm Lex Luthor I'm going to trick you into spilling the beans to me here kind of game
0: well and he says I love this line he says I hope you'll take no offense but I just don't see how we could have been more than passing acquaintances <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh that's such a Lex thing to say
3: it was well, such a Rosenbaum Lex yes you know that inquisitive voice for he's prying into something just <laughs> so chills down my spine Absolutely. So then Clark does something absolutely klutzy, runs into some guy carrying oranges Yeah. to just underestimate, you know, so Lex underestimates him, doesn't take a notice.
0: And Lex is doing the hand thing again. Which is great.
3: And then we get this awesome upward camel, camera angle, really well drawn, where Lex is standing over Clark Oh. as he's picking up the oranges and it's just...
0: If that look on the oh. face. That look on his face.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's the power he wants to have. You just see him stand up there on this pedestal, wanting to just knock Superman down or do everything that Clark stands for down.
0: Well, if only he realized that Clark was Superman.
3: (laughs) I'm certainly... And he finds um, it interesting that Clark kind of stood up to the way he did. You know, he thought Lois was the only decent reporter at the planet.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so that was interesting too. He's kind of got under his radar, and then Lex kind of gives this great line where he says, "Quite an attitude buried all the, un- buried under all the clumsy Kent."
0: Hmm. Maybe that's what I used to interest me about you.
3: Which is scary,
0: because uh, you realize this isn't over. He's, no kidding.
3: He's interested in Clark, and he's going to start looking into
0: him again, like in the past, which. Does that really shock you? Nope. Especially with one without memories? Yes. It makes perfect sense.
3: And so we're back to the dynamic that once made the interactions between Clark and Lex so great where each one of them is kind of hiding something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get this round and round circus of Lex being unable to leave it alone. Correct. When there might be a good reason
0: for it, and then on the next page, basically, uh, he's talking. He's talking about LexCorp's space program, which is kind of weird that they transitioned to that. You know, well, he's
3: worried about aliens, right? So it makes sense he wants something in space.
0: Yeah, and then Clark super speeds or flies or whatever away. Yeah, at plus super fast. The other
3: thing was space. Like the meteor shower and some of that stuff. Like I could see where he's got issues with space.
0: But he doesn't remember it.
3: Well, there's newspaper stuff about that.
0: But would he really... Well, he might look through it all. Yeah. If his Lex Luthor.
3: Well, and he did lose all his hair and everything in the meteor shower. I mean, he could be there. How am I bald? You know, I'm only in my early 30s.
0: Oh, now we hear this voice after Clark leaves.
3: We hear the, yeah, we hear this voice in the background. We're thinking maybe, you know, it's Oliver coming to rough him up a bit or something going on. And we turn the page and... Surprise! It's Tess Mercer. Mercer. Alive and really well-drawn. She's got that chilling, you know, look that she has. That, that um... What do you say? Smarty
0: look? Yeah. That, that smirk. Well, and you see the blood on her coat from when like stabbed Stabbed her. her.
3: Which is really crazy.
0: So, and we've got a couple theories about this.
3: Um, Tess goes, it looks like you've seen a ghost. I don't think it's a ghost. It's either like his memories that were taken from from him have manifested themselves in an image of Tess. It's either a hallucination, like he saw in the beginning of season three? Or it's some way she kept herself somewhat alive inside of Lex's memories. Because she now, knew she would get killed. Now Do I, I have one did?
0: more theory about that.
3: Michael has one more theory for everyone.
0: Could it be Could it be something that it's a lot like Jonathan in the finale? Could it be like And see, I have a theory about Jonathan Finale. Oh,
3: the high father thing?
0: Yeah, I have the high father thing. So could this be a dark side thing? I don't know if they do that right off the bat. I doubt it. Yeah, it's too early. But it could be a Jonathan Kent-like thing if you don't go the high father route. Yeah. Or she's pushing him to become ruthless Lex, not making side conversation with Clark Kent Lex.
3: Well, she's just got this great little smug. Look at her face. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I felt that maybe this is something like um, the few episodes where Lex had like his child-like personality inside his head.
0: Yeah, like in Fracture. And
3: he burned it in the fire. In Descent. Ugh. So I'm wondering if this is like that side of him coming back, his noble side. Coming back to haunt him.
1: That could very well be. It's
3: also very similar to his mother and some of those visions he's had of her.
0: Which are also, they do look alike anyway. Yes. And technically they're not related but still. Yeah. It's that redheaded women thing with Lionel. Yep. They're scary. So.
3: And it wouldn't even fit better if Alana was a redhead like she
0: is in the comics. Oh. That would have been really creepy. And then Lionel bangs her? Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Oh,
3: no, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's really freaky. You said yes. (laughs) I didn't think that through. I didn't process that all the way through. Thought you said whoa. I'm too busy like looking at the page and coming up with stuff and kind of thinking it's funny how Lex just completely dropped his coffee in the street. Get everyone's like, what's up with this crazy bald guy? Has he gotten bonkers again? (laughs) I don't know. Uh. Anyhow. That's the end of this week's Ballville installment. Yeah. And Brian Kumler left us hanging with this whole shocker of Tess returning. So here's wow. to I hate Tess. So here's to when you guys join us next week to figure out how this little surprise for Lex all plays out and what evil doer is up to no good because we'll probably get into the villain plot as we go into this plotline guardian more so next week so with that mike are you ready to move on to the closing for this week absolutely Absolutely dan good stuff we'll take it away with what we've got coming down the pipe next week
1: next week on dc nation we will be covering the green lantern animated series episode fear itself then we will be covering the new dc nation shorts including a new plastic man and two others, apparently. After that, we will cover the series... No, not series. Season finale of the Young Justice series entitled A Luid Acquaintance. Nice. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but this is what it's called. <laughs> and after that, to wrap things up, we will be covering the third part of the Smallville Season 11 comic written by Brian Q. Miller entitled Guardian, part three. Exciting stuff!
3: I was going to ask at that point, were you coughing up a hairball or something? You got kind of mixed up there, but hey.
0: Well, I I, I took the uh, pages off of my browser, so I was frantically Oops. searching to get them back.
3: Up. Nice recovery. Nice recovery. Thank you. Great job, and uh, you scared me a little bit when you said series finale. I'm like, oh my god, what happened to Invasion? <laughs> what did you do to Cartoon? No- what did you do to Cartoon Network? They oh, decided
1: to cancel Invasion. <laughs> They canceled the invasion. It's
0: okay, it's been moved. It's over. It's been postponed. Well, anyway,
3: for a show that probably will never come to an end, because Michael will podcast for as long as he possibly can, you sure. should check out our Across the Airways Smallville Retro Reviews podcast, posted by Michael himself and his partner in cry Woo Kim, as yes. they cover previous episodes of Smallville. Add a mixed bag of things, including previous episodes of Supernatural and things like a de evolution of Lex Luthor. So that's pretty cool.
1: And from that's time to time, a phone
3: rings during that podcast. Kim Michael gets very angry in his phone and throws it across the room.
0: It's true, I just did. But yes. I was, I was going to add, I think we're going to change the name of our podcast. Ooh. I think we're going to call it HVA's Just Retro Reviews because. I think once um, once Wu finishes watching Chuck, we're going to cover that too.
3: Very nice. That's very exciting. Well, also, if you want, you could check out our Road to the Avengers mini podcast where Michael and I are providing you with audio commentary while we watch and order all the films connected to the highly anticipated Avengers movie coming out on May 4th. Yes, it's coming yes. very soon, people. The advertisements are up everywhere, action figures are out, we're very excited with this movie. And we just released our commentary on Thor, which was really cool.
1: Thor and really enjoyeth commentating on his own movie.
3: Yes, it features Michael as Thor in the commentary, which is kind of fun. And also, I think Thor might be joining us again for our commentary on Captain America, which I think we're recording this Friday. We'll see what happens, and he then it'll be released place. sometime after that. Also, if you'd like to discuss any of the DC Nation shows we cover, like our good friend Jason Andorfer, who commented on our page, we appreciate that, Jason. You can visit our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com. And there you can contact us through email at acrosstheairwaves.gmail.com. To get us acrosstheairwaves.gmail.com. Also, to keep track of all the movie and TV news that yeah, my co host, Nico Reifstech on the regular Across the Airways finds, feel free to visit our Facebook page. You can also, on that Facebook page, you can get updates of our podcast episode releases. Then The same goes for our Twitter, which is Across Airways. There's no the there. It's just Across Airways. You can also, you can do the same on our Google Plus page. So Hit us up on there with any of your comments or Crackpot theories. Also, if you would like, then we'd love to have one, especially on this show to play on air. So, Michael and I can discuss it, you can leave us a voicemail. What's that number, Michael?
1: That number is 1773 809 3363. That is, or 1773 809
3: 3363. And don't hurt yourself when you call that number, like Michael reciting it. Also, if it's you.
1: It's painful to talk in this voice all the time. Not really. <laughs> but it's hard, it takes effort. That's funny.
3: Also, if you'd like, you can check out our YouTube channel, which features my co-host Nico's video podcast, News with Nico, which features all the movie and TV news that he finds out during the week. So check that out. And also we have all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming Across the Airways events, as well as upcoming TV show and movie releases. So check that out. And also added to our YouTube channel is a playlist Featuring all the DC Nation shorts that we have discussed on this podcast. So check that out. And between Michael and I, we'll be updating that playlist regularly as DC Nation keeps releasing more shorts. Also, if you don't want to go back through this podcast to listen to all the ways you could contact us, you can download our Android app by clicking the link on the right-hand side of our page. Get through that app, you can basically contact us, you listen to our podcast episodes all through your cellular phone. So check that out for just an easy way to keep track of ATA. So once again, for Michael's Smallville Retro Reviews co-host, Wu Kim, goodbye regular Across the Airways co-host, Nico Reifsteck, I'm Dan Schmidt, and I'm Michael J. Petty. And until the next, DC Nation,
1: we will catch you on the airway.
3: See you, everyone. Have a great week and enjoy that Young Justice finale. Oh, it's
2: a move. She's sailing.